1: Welcome to Pack Wrap. Pack Wrap is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. We have teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry Football followers and podcast listeners. Here's what you do you go to our website, landryfootball.com, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as Bet, MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet. Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer from American betting experts. All right, folks. Yes, welcome to Pack Wrap. The second ever edition of the newest Pac-12 podcast, there you go, Uh, out there, available to you. I am your host, Coach Graff. Uh, We're going to get into it last week. We um, To recap real quick, I guess, we uh, started our team previews on our pilot episode. We uh, covered who I think are the favorites in the north and the south, respectively. I think that's kind of universal right now, uh, given the current state of the Pac-12. Oklahoma in the north, USC in the south. And uh, I previewed Oregon and, and U- USC last week, talked about what we could look forward to them and how they could perform if either one runs the table and then meet in the, or if either one or and or both meet in the Pac-12 championship and they both, you know, Go through their regular season undefeated, meet each other in the Pac-12 Championship game, both undefeated. Does that winner get into the playoff? I think that's a that's definitely going to be a topic of conversation. That's definitely a scenario that's not very you know that's not it's not like it's that unlikely. Um, you know, I could see. You know, we went over Oregon's schedule last week. You know that given the changes, you know, obviously replacing an entire offensive line is. Is never easy, but Oregon is there they have been recruiting well, and I, I think they're gonna be okay, but you know, just growing pains in general puts them at risk, especially with a brand new quarterback as well. But hopefully there's enough veteran leadership on the offense to kind of you know ease that up. And then uh so yeah, they could definitely go undefeated, um, as could USC. Uh very good at Offense at USC, but again, that was last week. My recap is turning into um, uh, part two. So let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to today. Uh, We're going to bump it to three teams. We did two last week. We're going to do three this week. We are going to be in the state of Washington. We're going to go over the Huskies. Preview them. Looked at what you know. uh, A lot of changes for Washington too. Uh, Has a few fans, uh, Husky fans, a little nervous with uh, with so many changes, you know, what's, what's everything going to look like? Um, will they be as successful as they have in the past? You know, especially with the coaching change from uh, going from Chris Peterson, who was very successful there, took them to a playoff appearance. Um, not that long ago. Well, the playoff hadn't been around that long, um, but they, you know, back in the day, a few years ago, Peterson took Washington to the playoff and then uh, but this year, no more Chris Peterson. New head coach Jimmy Lake, who was the defensive coordinator, uh, kind of a fast riser. He's been rising very quickly in his coaching career, and now he's taken over um, for the departed Chris Peterson. A lot of a lot of reasons, and I don't want to call you know I don't know. I'm sure there's been there's some sort of truth to this, but um, you know, some have said that Chris Peterson stepped down. In order for Jimmy Lake to take over and and not leave, because apparently he's a very hot name, and there are some college teams looking at him to bring him in as a head coach. So the University of Washington and uh, and Chris Peterson, and you know Peterson's been coaching for a while. You know he, he's not he's not you know very very old, but he's he started at a young age, so he's been coaching for a long time. Um, he stepped down, and then you know a lot a lot of people think it's because. Washington and, and Chris Peterson, too. He knew what Jimmy Lake could bring. They didn't want to lose him, so that's kind of what the general rumor is uh, behind Chris Peterson stepping down at Washington and Jimmy Lake taking over. Um, we'll get into it a little bit more, but just a bullet point is, along with the new head coach, there's a new offensive coordinator, um, uh, Jimmy Lake brought in his own guy, uh, John Donovan. Um, he he's coming from a, a, an NFL style offense again. This is supposed to be a bullpen. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But he is coming from the NFL. Um, and then uh, some more changes. Obviously, with Jimmy Lake being head coach and new head, uh, there's a new defensive coordinator. So completely three new, brand new coaches. But to uh, at least Jimmy Lake for sure has been with the program. So at least the head coach is aware. You know, there's not going to be a lot of culture change. Uh, I don't foresee that. It's it's going to be, um, it will be Coach Lake's team. You know, it's not Coach Peterson's team under Coach Lake. It's going to be Coach Lake's team, but I don't see that being vastly different from what a Coach Peterson's team looks like. Just my two cents. Um, but anyway, we're going to get into the to the Huskies, and then we're going to uh, stay in the state and then uh, go to their in-state rival, Washington State, the Cougars. Uh, a coaching change there as well. Mike Leach and his fancy schmancy aerial attack um, that, you know, puts up a lot of points or it did for a long time. And uh, the Pac 12 is no longer, you know, Mike Leach is now at Texas, I'm sorry, um, at Mississippi State. He is now at Mississippi State um, trying to do big things in the SEC. We'll see. Yeah, Jerry's kind of out on that one right now. They're, the Bulldogs are struggling with Leach, but um, but no, yeah. So Washington State going through coaching changes uh, with a new head coach. Um, we'll get into him and his background, where what kind of what his story is, what he's all about, and then, um, yeah, Washington State. And then after that, we are going to wrap it up with um, the yeah. UCLA Bruins um, team here in Southern California, the other LA team. <laughs> um, what's going on with the Bruins? You know, what What can we expect from Chip Kelly's and, and DTR, the quarterback who's entering his junior year? Chip Kelly's been around long enough now to where it's like, okay, we all kind of expected a lot more than what we've been seeing. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know how long the leash is for Kelly. It can't be long. Like, realistically, it can't be that long. Um, you know, he's had – his quarterback dtr and uh you know well a lot of people put them together because they just think oh that that marriage is perfect with chip kelly's offense and all that stuff but i don't know i mean you've seen there's been times when dorian thompson Robinson looks great running chip kelly's offense he's he's a threat with his legs he looks you know similar to kyler murray sometimes but not as fast no offense to dtr but Kyler murray's a, a very you know very fast guy but Regardless, DTR's decision making has kind of been what's been the Achilles' heel of the offense. Uh, jo- There's no more Joshua Kelly; he's in the NFL now, so they got to find a new running game. Um, but they do have a guy that's that's been in the offense for a while, Demetrius Felton. Uh, we'll get into him. But yeah, so we're gonna preview the two Washington teams: Washington, Washington State. And then we're gonna get into the Bruins, the UCLA. All right. First things first. Let's get into Washington. So it, we we discussed it not very long ago, of course, but yeah. So with with Chris Peterson out and the success that he had and, and the the standard he had the the Washington football team at, and, and that's come that's come to be the standard that we all expect to see uh, from from the team in purple. There, you know, anytime there's a coaching change you know we did see it at ohio state with Ryan Day who who was an internal hire he was the i, I believe the offensive coordinator i might be wrong he was a coordinator I know that uh, he took over and didn't didn't appear to skip a beat not not in this first year anyway and i don't think this year's going to be any different with everything they have um, so that was a very seamless transition this could be a very similar thing you could see a very similar transition at washington be, from chris peterson to jimmy lake and Jimmy Lake, I think, is a good coach. He, you know, he's from the area. Um, he's from Central California, but he played at uh, Eastern Washington, and then he coached there for a few years. So you know, he spent a lot of time in the state. And then he uh, was actually on staff at Washington in 2004 as a defensive back coach. So this is not his first time uh, with the Huskies. And then. Uh, he spent a little bit of time in the NFL, and now he's come back, um, and then you know take over as defensive coordinator for the Huskies, and then of course now he's the uh, the head coach, the big honcho. So he's been around. He's gotten some good experience. Um, obviously, is very familiar with the culture of Washington football, and and a lot of the players are going to know him. A lot of the recruits already know him. So you know you're not you know you don't expect. To take a hit in recruiting, you know your defensive coordinator is going to be a have have a hand in recruiting anyway. So now, as a head coach, it's, you know not much is different. Um, you're just the name that everybody sees rather than the the tier below. So I don't think there's going to be much difference. What I'm more concerned about with them is production replacement. You know your your quarterback is gone. Your rece- a lot of your most of your receivers from the year prior are gone. Your leading rusher from a year ago, they're gone. Uh, you lost you know two or three really good offensive linemen. Trey Adams is is the one that sticks out in my mind. I know there's more. Nick Harris, uh, the uh, another one, um, an interior offensive lineman, and I, I think there's one more. But you know that that much replacing, and with you know granted. Next man up mentality, of course, and Washington has done a decent job recruiting, but there are still question marks, man. Uh, first, let's look at let's look at the running back position. Leading rusher is gone. Um, moving on, it's it's now it's Richard Newton. Um, Richard Newton is was the second leading rusher last year, I believe. I'm gonna double check my facts. Yeah, he had, yeah, nearly 500 yards rushing last year. Um, as a soft, or he's going to be a sophomore. So that was, you know, as a freshman, he did that, um, as a backup. <clears throat> so he's not, it's not like he's a, a fresh face and brand new and not really have any game experience behind him. Richard Newton could, could step into these, this offense, um, and, and they might have to lean on him given their quarterback situation. And, you know, Aaron Fuller's gone, the, the receiver, um, the, the tight end Hunter Bryant he's gone, so they're uh, they're having to replace a lot of production in terms of receivers. So there's going to have to be guys that step up. Um, you know they're they have a couple juniors, but really that's a young receiving crew and that's that's a new new crop of guys that they're going to have to really get acclimated. And and uh, and the the tight end in Washington's offense is is, is important, but New offense, right? Um, you know what is that offense going to look like? That's the other thing. You know we can talk about replacing these production guys, um, but what is that offense going to look like? Um, obviously, with with John Donovan coming in as the offensive coordinator, he's coming straight from the Jaguars. He was a he was a part of the staff there in Jacksonville. So with that NFL background, with Jimmy Lake's NFL history. I can see this being a pro style offense. I really can. I think this is going to be a pro, but but not like the the pro style we've come to think of. That's you know the traditional pro style where it's a lot of eye, a lot of tight ends, um, You know, play action. It's not going to. It's going to have that, but it's going to be more today in NFL that you see with you know the, the 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 motions and the the speed and everything's about quick and no huddle and uh, the aerial attack and, and, and just rapid fire. I think it's going to be more, you know, up tempo, not fast tempo. It's going to be up tempo, but it's going to be more NFL themed in terms of what they want to accomplish. Um, so what the tight end, you know, obviously there's tight end has become huge in, in football. So who's going to replace Hunter Bryant? Um, and what does that tight end look like in this new offense? Uh, same with Richard Newton. What is the running back going to look like? And you know, is Richard Newton's game a good fit? Uh, same with Sean McGrew. Uh, you know, he's a he's a fifth year senior. Been in the been in the off, you know one offense for his entire college career. And now he's coming in new offense. Is he is he going to be you know be able to adapt and you know learn a new offense for you know and be able to produce in that in his final year? Who knows? Well, we'll find out, won't we? And uh, and get it now into the obviously. The biggest question marks surrounding the offense. Who's going to take over quarterback? Obviously, Jacob Eason um, was your guy last year. He's off to the NFL. Um, he was a, he was a, he was a transfer guy from Georgia. He's he was from the Washington area though. But now he's gone. And uh, and the obvious or not the obvious, but I think the the most common you know player you have to think of is Jacob Sermon. You know, he was back up last year. He got in a you know, a little bit, not much at all. Um, but he did see some game action. You have to, you know, he, he did a little. Uh and he's a he's a big kid. Jacob is a big kid. He's 6'5", 240 pounds. He's he's gonna he's a sophomore. Um, so he's still young and he has time to, to grow into it. When you got a big body quarterback like that, and depending on how well he can move, if he can move, um I don't know, you know, that two forty, that's that's a big that's a big guy that's a thick guy. Um, you know, who knows, you know, depending on if they want to build that offense around him or they have, to is that going to be a fit for what they want to accomplish? Um, that's why there's so many question marks because We don't really even know what the offense looks like. So what type of quarterback do they want? And, you know, we have ideas. We can look at, you know, where these guys have been, what they've learned, who they've learned from and piece things together, but we're not sure. We're not a hundred percent accurate. Um, so you know, there's a couple other guys. There's Dylan Morris, who's 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 going to be a redshirt freshman. Um, and then uh, there's a true freshman from my area, Southern California. Actually, I've I've coached against the guy. I've seen him play in action. Um, Chase Garbers, um, or I'm sorry, Ethan Garbers. Ethan Garbers, um, his brother Chase Garbers, that was going to be when, uh, the next thing I said, uh, is the starting quarterback for Cal. So he has a brother that's been playing Pac-12 football. Uh, and Cal's not going to be a terrible team. They're going to be fairly good, um, and, and Chase Garbers is a good quarterback for Cal, but his little brother, Ethan, uh, is 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 a true freshman for Washington. He had a really good career at Corona, Corona Del Mar, uh, a high school here in Newport Beach, California. He played with a, a stellar offense, his, his high school teammate. Um, is also going to be a true freshman in the Pac-12. He's playing at Stanford, uh, wide receiver John Humphreys. Uh, and I, I think he's going to actually. We're probably going to see quite a bit of, of Humphries at Stanford. Uh, we'll get into a Stanford preview later on, obviously, but um, they'll be surprised. So that's two potential uh, high school teammates that could be getting major serious time in the Pac-12. Uh, and back to Ethan, if he's you know, and he's a he's a athletic kid. You know, he's a he's not a big guy or a gigantic guy. He's six two, six three, around there, probably around two fifteen, two twenty. Um, you know, he's, he's a decently built kid, but it, I just, and he can move around. He's got a good arm. Very accurate, very accurate thrower. Um, and he can kind of put it and, you know, he, he's accurate in a lot of different ways. He's not, you know, great with the deep ball and not, you know, so, so mediocre. He he's good at all levels. He has just, he can, he can throw it all across the field and carve you up doing it. <coughs> but, you know, no matter who the quarterback is, um, you know, with the, with the line replacement and the new receivers, it's just, and the new run. so much is, is going to be different on that offense. And uh, with the whole pandemic and not being able to really take that much time, you know, there's no spring ball. They didn't have spring ball. They haven't been together at all over the summer. You know, they didn't think they were going to have a season. So, you know, I I don't think anybody really knows for sure about practice and, what what have they been doing? If they've been able to do anything, you know, the, a few weeks ago, it's a having season. They're starting November seventh. They got like three, four weeks. It, this is this is a lot of change, man. A lot of things to learn in a short amount of time. Um, so this this might be a deal where where Washington gets off to a slow start. They're they're not jumping out of the gate one and 2 and zero. This might be a five hundred season or. You know, hovering right around that line for, for the Huskies, especially with such a shortened season. You know, that's, I could see by the fourth, fifth game, you're starting to see Washington figure things out and really start to, you know, hit good strides. So, and, uh, you know, and with the schedule they have, you know, they open with Cal. Um, it would be interesting if, if Garbers, Ethan Garbers, does get the job at Washington if he wins that job. Um, you know, it could be garbage versus Garbers. How, how how crazy would that be? Your first college football start, and you're you're starting against your 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 brother. You know, it'd be like being right back in the backyard. It, that would be wild. But you know, who knows? I don't know. You know, who knows what what the Washington staff, who who their quarterback rotation is going to be like. Um, they have some choices though. But yeah, the Washington opens with Cal. I could see that being a Washington loss. I really could. Um, just given everything I talked about with all the all the new and all the install that they had to do with, you know, with no time to do it. And, and Cal's been around and they've been growing and they've been, you know, they're returning a, a starting quarterback. They're starting running back. They're, you know, they have a lot, they have pieces in place. they, they, they they're, There's a culture at Cal. They're, they're, you know, um, that head coach has done great things with that program. So I could see Washington starting out on one and then, Things don't get as tough. <laughs> uh, Oregon State, you know, I, you know, I, that's a win. It should be. Let me pump the brakes a little. It should be a win for Washington. Oregon State is an improving team, they're getting better, they're doing things, but you know, they're they lost quite a bit. Um, and uh, you know, it's they don't haul in five, four star recruits so. I think Washington should be able to, to get a W there and then Arizona and then Washington state, the in-state game. And then they, uh, <clears throat> then they face Stanford. I think by that Washington state Stanford, that time frame, I think that's when you're going to see Washington start to play really well. They're going to start to play good football, start to figure things out and really understand the focal point of the offense and, and, and what everybody get everybody on the same page. Uh, and, and, you know, that's they need to they need to because they end the season with Oregon uh, on December twelfth, and Oregon is you know the best team in the north. Uh, a lot of changes for Oregon too, but they're still the best team in the north. Um, <clears throat> so that could be you know that could be a battle where Washington is playing spoiler. You know, Oregon could be coming into this this matchup undefeated, um, and Washington could be there to to. To say, uh uh-uh, uh, guys, no, not, you know, not so fast. So I, that could be an interesting football game. Um, you know, it, it depends on how you feel. Do you want a, a chance that a Pac 12 playoff, or do you want to see Washington upset, you know, a ranked Oregon? Who knows? I don't know. A lot of storylines. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to think about what could be uh, in, in this unprecedented football season for everybody, but it's fun to think about just, you know, it, it's football. Football's back. I like guess it, we we get to see it. It's pretty fun, pretty exciting stuff. Um, oh yeah, and then and then the defense. Um, you know, obviously the defense has been arguably the strength of of Washington, and uh, and obviously getting Jimmy Lake to be the head coach, things aren't going to change too much on the defensive side of the ball. He's gonna you know still have his finger on the pulse of the defense. He it's gonna be his that's his baby, and he's not gonna let somebody else uh, come in and completely just you know run things. So, uh, don't, I don't expect a lot of, a lot of difference or a lot of change in, in, in the Husky defense. I think they're still going to be playing, um, high quality football and keeping them in a lot of games. I, uh, I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, other than that, um, you know, I don't really, um, Elijah Molden is going to be a big part of the defense. Uh, he was a leading tackler in 2019. He, he's a defensive back. Um, you know he's probably going to be that guy. He's going to be the leader. He's going to be the the one that everybody looks to. in you know the the history of the the Washington defensive back. Um, you know Bud Baker is one of them, and Sydney Sidney Jones was a great college player, and um, you know there, there's been a few more. But uh, I think Elijah Molden fits the mold. <laughs> that worked out pretty well. Um, but yeah, so it, a lot of question marks for Washington. Uh, not really sure what to expect out of them, but we'll all see together. We'll all find out together. All right, moving on, though, uh, we're going to get into the uh, in-state rival of Washington. Um, they're, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Washington State Cougars, the Cougars of Washington State. So we're going to get into them, really break them down. Uh and, and you know, we talked about changes with the Husky program. Board Washington State's going through just as many, if not more, um, actually, probably not as many, but still changes. Washington was was much more set up for future success than than uh, the Cougars were. Um, and you know, you want to talk about a a question mark around it in the quarterback position. Washington State has a big, uh, big quarterback issue. I'm not really sure who's going to be that guy. But first things first. So the new coach, Nick Rolovich, uh, coming over from Hawaii. Um, he had some success at Hawaii. Uh, took him to three bowl appearances. Two of those were wins. So he's got two bowl wins to his name in, in recent uh, in recent years. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to. Not do exactly what Mike Leach was doing, but I think it's going to look somewhat similar. Um, it's not, you know, Hawaii aired it out, they they are known to throw the ball, you know, all around the field. So I think they're you're going to see somewhat of a mirrored offense, um, from Mike Leach to to Rolovich. I do think it's going to be somewhat similar. If I'm dead wrong, I'm dead wrong, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, the offensive line is going to be a strength, which is a big thing when you're going through a coaching change. Um, boy, if, if you're going to have new guys at quarterback and new guys at running back or, or receiver, really anywhere, man, you want, I mean, you always want a good offensive line, but you really want, a, 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 an offensive line that have been together, that are, that have a veteran presence, um, and, and, you know, can, can stick together. That is the offensive line that Washington State has. Um, they have two juniors, two seniors, and a sophomore, and, and every single one of them redshirt. So they've been around for 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 a while. Um, they, I think, they're going to be um, allow Washington State to run the ball, especially with Mac Board, Max Borgie. Um, their leading return, or, uh, He might have a huge year with that offensive line in front of him, and uh, and, and just his skill set, and and now that he's a junior. Ah, uh, granted, new offense, but I do think he could be a problem. Um, he he has been a problem. He's been a weapon for for the Cougars ever since he's been there. Um, the only thing is, with the lack of a you know potential passing game, a lot of the a lot of defenses are just going to stack the box um, and, and force the game into the quarterback's hands, whoever that may be, uh, for Washington State. So um, Borgie should have a good year. It's just you know facing that type of defense when you're trying to establish the run and, and they know, you know, whoever you're playing, if they know that you can't pass the ball, it's, it's such a gut wrenching feeling. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll see how that plays out. You know, how good can Washington state really be, um, with all the, all the things that are going on, uh, some of the quarterbacks that might be there, uh, Cam and Cooper, uh, he's a young guy, redshirt sophomore, um, just, just know that every single quarterback that took a rep in a game for Washington State last year, if if I read what I read correctly, was a senior. They're all gone. None of these quarterbacks have taken a rep uh, in a Cougar uniform on game day. So, that that's a little frightening. Um, so we'll see we'll see where that takes them. Um, yeah, freshman uh, Jaden Delora is also there. And then Gunner Cruz, uh, another young kid. He's also kind of in the mix. A lot of, a lot of names there, and it, it could be anybody. It really could be any of these guys. It just depends on on, who, on, on who's who's playing the best football at that moment. Um, and I think it's going to be a little bit. You know, I, I don't think they're going to have a clear cut guy. Um, so we'll see. They may not. They may know just the day before we do. <laughs> you know, I don't think. I don't think they know any better than we, um, our guess is as good as theirs. Right. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then in the passing game, listen, losing Desmond Patman, that's a big loss. Uh, that's a good receiver that, you know, could have been big for, um, the new quarterback, uh, just having some sort of trustworthy guy that's, that's been around that that would have been huge. Um, You know, there are other guys, there's Renard Bell, um, Calvin Jackson, um, who just transferred in. uh, But, you know, Travell Harris, you have guys who have been around who, but you just, you you really need, you you wanted an established receiver for that new quarterback. Um, So, but you know what? You have an established offensive line in an an established running game. So that's that's a quarterback's best friend. Um, So it may not be all bad, but it's going to be kind of bad. Uh, let's get into their schedule real quick uh, for Washington State. <clears throat> so they open up with Oregon State. Uh, you know, toss up maybe. I, you know, I'm not sure. I, I think this could be one of those where it's like it really legitimately could go either way. Probably going to go Oregon State. Corvallis is not an easy place to win. Um, you know going on the road and and you know beavers have a you know they're they're starting to kind of build a, a culture there and uh you know they've had they've had moments where it's like is are they turn are they kind of getting this thing back on track a little bit so this this might you know this might be a little eye-opening for for each program you know washington state's been up and down oregon state's kind of traditionally been down they've had they've had good years you know in the 2000s they had some good teams um I mean, heck, Ocho Cinco's a Beaver, you know. They, um, and then, uh if I TJ Hushmanzada, I think was a Beaver. Um, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, back on track. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So they open up the Oregon State, Washington State. That could be a tough. It's going to be an uphill battle for battle for Washington State for sure. So, and then, and then you got to then you got to face Oregon. Um, and then you got to face Stanford after that. Stanford again, very, a well-coached football program, so they're gonna they're gonna put together a squad that can win games. They're not gonna be a, you know, they're not gonna be down for long. Stanford, when they get down, they get back up pretty quick. Um, so I wouldn't expect this to be a, a walk in the park for Washington State. And then you got to face Washington. You know, we talked about it when we previewed Washington. That's gonna be a, a game where Washington pro- probably. Has their best game of the year uh, against the Cougars. So really, up to this point, I don't really see. And we're five games in in you know, a in a seven game schedule, and there's not really a, a game where I'm looking like, oh yeah, they'll get them. Uh, might might be a long season, uh, <laughs> might be shortened, but it might be long uh, for the Cougars because <laughs> right after uh, Stanford, it don't get no easier. Uh, you know, I've I mentioned Washington, then they. Uh, have to go on the road to USC, and then they host the Bears of California. That's a that's a very tough three game stretch to end your season on for for Washington State uh, with a brand new coaching staff and in and a, and a very unproven quarterback, whoever it is. And um, man, I I could see an 0 for season. I could see I could see them losing out. Um, watch I say that, and they'll come in and beat Oregon State the first game of the year and go and one and zero. Oh, but um, no, nah, you know, I, outside of the Oregon State game, I, I just don't see how Washington State really competes in, in, in any of the others. Um, I really do think Stanford is going to be a lot better than than they were last year, um, and obviously Washington USC is going to be really good, and Cal their, their their defense if they can hold it up and and replace. You know the, the the leadership and and what Evan Weaver brought to that defense are still going to be good. So might be a tough season for Washington State. Sorry, Cougar fans. Um, but you know there's always going to be growth, always going to be development, and there's always going to be next year, right? All right, now we are going to uh, just take a brief pause here. <clears throat> just a brief pause. And once again, uh, I I want to remind you to uh, take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. You go to LandryFootball.com, you click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, you pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, you sign up, and you instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. <clears throat> All right, getting into UCLA. Um, where to begin, right? Where to begin with UCLA? They're, they're, uh, they're a proud program. They you know they've had some really good years, and they're a historic program. Obviously, calling the Rose Bowl your home stadium will historically link you to one of the greatest you know college football temples of all time. So UCLA is always going to be tied to history. Um, just how many games they've played inside Rose Bowl Stadium. And there's been some fun teams put together uh, um, for the Bruins. They, they've been fairly decent. Um, but of course when you share a city limit with uh, one of the greatest programs of all time, you know, it's you're going to struggle to, to keep that up, to keep Consistent success. Up. Um, I don't. I don't see a reason why like can't. They just have to find the right people to do it. Um, and they haven't yet. And I don't know. Chip Kelly. A lot of people were excited for Chip Kelly when they uh, when they hired him. You know, obviously with his reputation at Oregon, and then he, you know, every, the, the, the whatever you want to call it. I don't. I don't know how to label it, his time in the NFL. It wasn't great. You know, I don't want to be too harsh now, but you know, then he, he gets hired by UCLA and everybody's like, oh, you know, there were eyebrows raised, you know, firing of Jim Mora and then, and then Chip Kelly's in and it's like, okay, this could be interesting. You know, what's uh what's Chip Kelly gonna be able to do in uh in uh in that gorgeous blue? But uh, so far nothing. <laughs> so far he hadn't done anything. Uh, and uh and, and you know there's some pieces that you're missing from last year you know, Joshua Kelly is a big piece. Devin Asiasi is a big piece. Uh, you know, the tight end and Kelly was a running back. He's, uh, he's still in LA. He's a charger playing with Herbert, um, and looking good. But, uh, you know, you got to find a replacement for that. And I think they have an athlete to do it. They have Demetri Felton. He's a different type of runner. Um, you know, and he's a, he's a big receiving threat. You know, he's, he came in as a receiver and he's, you know, he, Stepped in at running back at times, and now it looks like he's a full-time running back. Uh, you know, as the backup last year, he had more receiving yards um, because, yes, he was a backup running back, but he was also getting a lot of time at receiver—more um, time, actually. I, I would imagine. But when you when you lose your leading rusher like that, and you and you have a an offense with a quarterback who up to now has not been the best. At decision making and and hasn't been everything that you would hoped and um, but you know he's been a young kid. Uh, the offensive line is is supposed to be much much better. Sean Ryan at left tackle is um, you know he's been playing since he stepped foot on campus and now uh, I think he's going to take a big big step in his second year. Um, I really do. And then um, and then with Dorian Thompson Robinson being a junior. Hopefully he's been in the offense long enough now to where he's going to be more settled. The game's not going to be going as fast. Um, you know, chip Kelly's going to be able to have an offense to where it's, it's going to um, really show his strengths and, and benefit him and, and, and really uh, put that on display. And I, I hope they find the right place to do that because he's a good athlete. He's a good quarterback, um, but he, he, he may not be able to do everything they want him to do. So, do the things that he's good at because when he's good, he's dangerous. He can, he can win games for you when he's dangerous. So you need to put him in situations where he's going to be dangerous. He, cause when he's bad, he's bad. It's a high ceiling, low floor for this kid. So, um, they really need to make sure that they have things situated and, and they lost their backup from last year. Austin Burton transferred. He's a Purdue, uh, you know, that was a guy that was kind of nipping on the heels it seemed a little bit to, to, for DTR's job. And Burton, he played. You know, he got in. He played. And he looked good doing it. Austin Burton's a good quarterback. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see him do big things at Purdue. Um, so I, that, that's a loss for the Bruins. Um, you know, competition is, is the only way to, you know, that's the best way to, not the only way, it's, it's the best way to, to, to breed success is competition. You know, when you've got two guys in, in the same room at the same position who both want to be ultra successful and both want to be the guy to lead the program, that's just going to make the other one work harder. So, you know, that's that's going to be tough to lose. Uh, they do have a, um, a kind of intriguing freshman coming in, Parker McCrory. Um, not a local kid. He's from out of state You know, he's from somewhere northeast, I believe. Um, but uh, you know, he's a decent, he's a decent sized kid. Uh he's 6'6, 225 I like him to bulk up a little bit, but you know, coming in true freshman, he's got time to develop in that strength program. You just got to get him to get that kid in the weight room and on the right, you know, diet and, and all that stuff. But yeah, 6'6, 225 with that frame, you could easily get him to 230, 235. Uh now we're talking, you know, 6'6", 230 you know. Granted, you know, if if, I haven't seen a ton of tape, but if he can run it all, that is a dangerous, dangerous quarterback. And and, uh, they may have something there. They just need to bulk him up a little bit. Um, A quietly, quietly good receiving room for UCLA. So that kind of helps. Chase Cota, Kyle Phillips are the two names that jump out to begin with. Kyle Phillips, the leading receiver from last year, returns. Only a redshirt sophomore, Chase Cota, only entering his junior season. Um, both of those guys have looked have looked good. They've both made plays. Um, they just need to do it more consistently. And, and now that they're given you know bigger roles, and this is kind of, you know, it, th- they're a part of the leadership of this team, I think they're going to both see big seasons. Um, and right behind them, you got a couple of young guys. Uh, one of them is a redshirt freshman, uh, Charles Njoku. That if that name sounds familiar. It's because his brother, David, is the tight end for Cleveland. Um so he de- he's definitely from an NFL family. Uh, he's got an NFL pedigree. So uh, someone to look out for is Charles and Joku, and he's he's got size too. Um, I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. He's a built kid, um, and th- but and then uh, you got true freshman Logan Loya um, coming from St. John Bosco, uh, uh, one of the most respected programs, not only in Southern California, but in in, in all of the, the country. They they just won a national championship, I believe. So I, I can see Logan Lloyd stepping in right off the bat and being a big-time contributor as a true freshman to this offense. I think he's going to be one of those guys that is an X factor a little bit um, and takes a lot of people by surprise and, and really makes a name for himself. <laughs> so DT, DTR has weapons, man. He has a good running game. Felton can do it. They have a decent offensive line. you. You're starting to, you know, they're not going to go out and, and win a national title. They don't have that sort of talent, but the talent they have are good enough to win games. Um, and then when you get to the defense, man, uh, <sighs> I really hope I don't butcher this. Um, I really don't think I will, but actually, I'm going to have to flip the page here, moving on to the defense. But defensive line, first off, redshirt senior, Osa Odigazua plays a plays like a, 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 a three three five a, a five technique excuse me five technique in that uh, three four defense uh, about two eighty um, he's been a guy that has gotten better each year he's stepped on the field he has so much potential um, and I really think he's been around enough he hasn't quite lived up to expectation I think twenty twenty his final season as a broom, and I think we're gonna see a lot out of this young man I really do. Uh, looking forward to seeing him play. And then right next to him at nose tackle, Otito um, – uh, these names, man, they get me. Uh, Otito Obunia. Uh, he's a junior, weighs 320 to plug up the middle of that defense at the nose position. Um, those two guys right there. And then you got uh, in the secondary, uh, a grad transfer from Stanford, uh, Obi ebo. <laughs> you know, he hadn't been – you know, he's played a little bit, but, you know, and I think he'll help out. He'll contribute. Um, but I think the guy that you really need to watch out for on that defense is Quentin Lake. Um, you know, he's a UCLA um, legacy. <laughs> you know, his dad is a is a UCLA Hall of Famer, Carnell Lake. Uh, has spent He spent time in, in the league, um, so if that name rings a bell, his his son, who's a modern day prospect, um, the other national championship winning t- high school here in California. Uh, you know, you yeah, got Bosco and Modern Day; those two crank out talent all the time. Um, but anyway, yeah, Quentin Lake went to modern day. So he played, you know, he was a well, he was well coached in high school, played for a great program and then stepped, stepped here, uh, stayed in town, stayed local for UCLA, um, uh, playing safety and then, and Steven Blaylock right next to him. They have such a good safety tandem at UCLA. I think this defense is going to be, um, the strength of this team. I really do. Um, you know, and that that offense has a potential to be fairly decent, um, You know, if DTR can figure it out, and Chip Kelly, he's he's he can coach. He knows how to coach. He just needs to, you know, I don't know what I don't know what exactly it is, but the offense can be good. But I I still do believe this defense will be the strength of the UCLA Bruins. Um, I really wholeheartedly believe that. So, looking at their schedule. Here we go. Um. Looking at UCLA and how their schedule pans out, they open up with Colorado. Not really sure what to expect from Colorado. Um, we'll get into them later, but uh, to me, that's a toss-up game. That's the game that I think UCLA probably should win. They probably do win, um, but again, that's that's a big game though. You get get your season off to to you know, on the right foot. Utah uh, in week two. Know Utah is losing a lot. They lost Zach Moss, they lost their quarterback. Um, I believe, yeah, Tyler Huntley, I I believe, was a senior, could be wrong, but um, yeah, you know, yeah, Tyler Huntley's gone, uh, Zach Moss is gone. Who really knows what to expect from Utah? Um, their defense, though, is pretty good. They are coming off a really successful season last year. Um, almost making the playoffs, but you know, getting getting beat by Oregon did not help matter. Or, I'm sorry, um, yeah, getting beat by Oregon in the in the in the Pac-12 championship did not help matter. So um, that you know, they were the best shot for you for uh, Pac-12 to make it, but the playoff I'm speaking of, but they didn't. So anyway, week two, UCLA, Utah again, another kind of, I'm not really sure. Um, and then they you know have a tough test in week three against Oregon. Um, that'll be tough. Then you. Uh, you face Arizona and Arizona State back to back. Arizona is probably a winnable game. That's a very winnable game for the Bruins. And then on the road against uh, in Tempe against the Sun Devils. Man, I tell you, Arizona State, they're going to be good. Jaden Daniels is is a uh, is a dark horse Heisman guy. Um, I'm looking forward to to breaking them down and and really getting into Arizona State because uh, I respect their head coach, um, Herm Edwards. Obviously, from the NFL ranks, he's doing um, really seems to be turning that ASU program around. I had a true freshman last year, Jaden Daniels. Um, he, he's going to be a problem for the Pac 12. So I think that ASU UCLA game, <clears throat> you know, given, given the record, UCLA could easily be two and two, they could easily be three and one um, heading into that Arizona State game. But either way, I think it's going to be a dogfight. You know, at that point, I think UCLA, you know, they're going to have a little bit, little bit of success. They're going to have a little bit of confidence with them, and uh, and they're going to be playing for for pride and stuff. So I do think that UCLA and Arizona State should be a game. That That's a game to watch out for December 5th. And then, you know, obviously the annual rivalry game uh, inside the Rose Bowl this year uh, against USC. So UCLA, USC. Um, I've been to... I've been to a couple of them uh back to back years. I went two years ago at the Rose Bowl when UCLA defeated USC. And then I was there last year at the LA Coliseum when USC got them back and and uh and returned the favor. Uh would have loved to gone this year. You know, that that's that's a nice tradition we have in the family, is we always go to at least, you know, one football game a year, and it's usually the USC UCLA game. So of course, with everything going on, I'm just glad to have football back. I'm not gonna, you know. There's nothing you can do about it. No need to get that upset about it, but you know, just, it's kind of a downer, you know? Uh, but Hey, at least Bulls back. So that's something at least we can sit back on Saturdays and, and have some remnants of normal. So yeah, so UCLA could most likely you're looking at, a, you know, Arizona state, USC, Oregon, you could those are going to be tough. Um, but other than that, you know, I don't see any reason why this couldn't be a, a three, four-win season. Uh, you know, that sounds terrible, but you know, you're only playing seven, uh, and then obviously, you know, what they're going to do with that extra week there. I'm not really sure that December nineteenth. So, um, we'll see. We'll see what how it plays out. I think UCLA could could be a fun team to watch if they figure things out and if they they can put it all together. That defense, I think, is um, is something to keep an eye out for. Uh, well coached and and a lot of playmakers. So we'll see. So Washington, Washington state, UCLA. That's what you can expect. At least in my opinion, I don't know. There's a lot of them out there. Um, but yes, that is going to do it, uh, for this week's episode of pack wrap. Again, I appreciate everybody who, who tunes in, who, uh, who listens on the podcast uh, on demand, um, who views in on Twitch, everything. Uh, I enjoy, it. I really do. I uh, enjoy talking pac 12 and looking forward to get them getting the, uh, the season started here in, in just a handful of weeks. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into a few more teams next week um, and, uh, and really start to <laughs> get antsy here because before we know it, we're going to be recapping games and, uh, and, and previewing games and stuff like that. So I don't want to preview the games too too much in depth, you know, until we you know find a little bit more, we get closer to time, and we have a little bit more, you know, uh, <coughs> content to talk about. So anyway, thank you again. Everybody stay safe. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday night. I really appreciate it. And um, make good decisions, be smart, and have a good evening.
0: 18 plus.